my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. I am Dr. Brian Greenwood, and I am super excited to be here today with my friend, my colleague, Amber Carson. How are you, Amber? Hi, Brian. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's so good. To, it's so good to, to hear your voice, and I can see you. Our guest, of course, can't see our, our listeners can't see you, but um, it's it's great to see you. It's great to be here with you today, um, Amber. Um, as a lot of you know, I, I assume that some of you will listen and won't know who Amber Carson is. Most of you uh, probably will. Amber is the owner of Carson Butler Events, uh, and and they have a store the uh, uh, that's uh, uh, there on Palm Street, the uh, the historic Ah uh, Lewis store, which is really really awesome. If you've not been by to check that out, you should definitely pop your head in there. So many really really great things, and what a historic uh, what a historic building um, that that they're in, and. Um, Amber is has also been teaching classes for us in special events um, since uh, 2016 and has been on our advisory council um, since 2015. And she is also a graduate at Cal Poly. Go Mustangs. Um, she's a, a graduate in business administration in 2001. Did I get all that correct, Amber? Thanks so, Brian. That was great. Yes. <laughs> Proud Cal Poly alum who figured out a way to come back to San Luis Obispo. I know there's a lot of a lot of you out there listening that have that same dream. Somehow I made it happen. <laughs> so yes. it's good to be back in San yes. Luis Obispo. Absolutely. And um and back in San Luis Obispo, but then also traveling around the globe doing really exciting things with with her company. And we're gonna we're gonna talk about um building that company to um, to the heights, um, and and we'll we'll get in we'll get in a, to a little bit of the heights. Um, Amber has uh, and her sister have have built up such an amazing event company that she can't tell us about half of the stuff that she does because it's so <laughs> it's so high end and involves like uh, non disclosure agreements. But um, but she's built up just an amazing amazing business and has been such an asset to our department to our students and. Uh, I just can't thank you enough and want, want to get that out of the way first, right? Thank you so much for everything that you've done and 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 continue to do. And um, but let's uh let's go back in time a little bit first. Um tell us, tell us where you're from, Amber. Sure. Well, I am from a little town called Biggs. Um, so it's up north of Sacramento, just south of Chico in Butte County. Um, it's a very small farming agriculture town uh, with one stoplight to this day that's about a mile out of the city limits on that two-lane stretch of Highway 99. Um, they put that in when I was a senior in high school. So it's still very small. It's grown a little bit, um, but it's a, you know, it was definitely a very small town vibe. And I loved growing up there. Right on. Well, we've we've got. We've got small town uh, roots in our in our shared history there. You know, me growing up on a tobacco farm in eastern North Carolina. We had a we had a couple more stoplights than you did. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I graduated with thirty three <laughs> people in my graduating class. Eleven, um, eleven of us. Um, 
who identified as female at the time. So 11 females and uh, two of us were twins. So uh, you've yeah. met two of the 33 people in my class. <laughs> so, yeah, it's very small, uh, very, very um, amazing community. Um, I, I, I do really appreciate growing up in a, in a small um, community like that for Love many it. reasons, but yeah. Love what it. else do you want to know about? So yeah. You, growing yeah, up. So you, you told us about you. You told us about a twin, about uh, your, your, your twin. And that's hilarious. Now I, I, I asked you beforehand, do, do you, are, are we going to talk? Do, do you have any siblings? <laughs> I can't believe I, I even said that. Um, and you, you must've laughed to yourself when I, when I said that, um, do yeah. you have any siblings other than your twin? I of course know that you have a twin. Yes. So I have my twin sister, Emily, who has been my business partner since 2010. And so, but yeah, it was amazing growing up as a twin. And then we have a little sister, Jewel, who um, is also in the industry. She works um, in a kind of specialty furniture, amazing rental business that she runs called Found Down, headquartered out of um, Orange County. So um, she's also in the business. So we get to collaborate on a lot of projects together, the three of us. And I think I'm busy and travel a lot. She's always flying and she does a ton of amazing work for amazing celebrities and VIPs. And so, yeah, we're all three of us ended up in this business um, of events that we never really kind of thought we would. but. Um, it's it's interesting that we all did. So yeah, three girls growing up um in a in a small farm town. We were all very active in sports. Um I was really active in FFA. I raised pigs. I was in mm-hmm. leadership. I was the student body president uh every year. <laughs> um so a lot yeah, we all cheered and danced and um I even played basketball. That's one of the th- the joys of a small town. There's no way in mm-hmm. heck I would ever make the basketball team at a big city, but um, <laughs> I was a, I was, yeah, love a it. basketball player too. Believe it or not, Brian. <laughs> I love it. That is so, so great, and 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 yeah, it's it's so funny with Emily because I I did not know that. Um, that Amber had a twin sister, um, identical twin sister, um, and until later. And so after meeting Amber, I would see Emily around town and I'd be like, why is she not speaking to me? This is, this is so weird. Like, and, uh, and then I learned that you had a twin. and I'm sure you've so many. We've learned that. And Emily learned that the hard way coming here. She splits her time between Washington, D.C. and San Luis Obispo now. And um, she learned very quickly that, you know, say hi to everybody because this is this is also a small community in town. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You're, you're like, you've, you've got to speak to more people because people are thinking that I am uh, <laughs> not friendly. Both, you know, I answer to Emily or, you know, my whole life. So we yeah. never get offended. We're fraternal twins, actually. We look so much alike for fraternal twins, but oh, we no are. Way. Oh, no yeah. way. That is wild. I, I'm sorry I misspoke. I, I just. Um, and she'll tell you, you know, since day one, she's you know, nearly two inches taller than me. I was born. So, uh, right. Yes. So you said that. <laughs> yeah. You said that for Emily more than anybody. Right. Yes, yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, so tell me about, um, you, you've told, you've told us a little bit about growing up. Tell us about that, um, 
that process of finding Cal Poly, right? So, I mean, even though you were not, uh, not our major, you were, you were business. um, I I think it's really interesting to hear about how people hear about Cal Poly. Was it through the Uh, FFA thing or what was it? I mean, growing, growing up in, in Butte County and in Biggs, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of fabulous friends came to Cal Poly. It has such a renowned agriculture program. So, I grew up always knowing about Cal Poly and people, um, Emily ended up going to Chico State. I ended up at Cal Poly, um, which were, you know, two of the main schools that most people from where I'm from ended up at. Yeah, um, sure. so I, rem- you know, had just always kind of loved, loved this area. I, g- I got to come down. I remember in high school with friends whose older brothers were here at Cal Poly and in AGR and we got to come down and hang out and yeah. fell in love with the school. And I, um, yeah, so I, you know, kind of grew up in ag. All my first jobs were kind of involved in ag. I thought that I would actually apply and be in ag business. And at the last minute, somebody said, oh, you know, maybe look about, look into the College of Business. That's a really good program. And I was um, interested in marketing. And so I ended up College of Business marketing with no regrets um, at all. I love it. But for me to be back full circle teaching in the College of Agriculture, Food and Environmental Sciences, uh, to me is a little bit of a dream come true because a part of me always felt a little bit guilty for not going into traditional agriculture route. So um, for me, it's kind of fun to be back. Um, But yeah. I love that. What a great connection. Had a lot of friends that ended up here. Yeah, but I loved it. My first jobs growing up were, you know, I picked blackberries. Uh, My friend's parents had an Alala Berry farm. Oh, yeah. Wow. Ended up, yeah, working uh, the next year when our friend turned 16 and we could drive. We got to sell those berries at farmer's markets in Sacramento. I worked at a peach wine station. I mean, so um, I've always been involved um, in those early days, like in, in that space. Um, So now, you know, it's fun to kind of come full circle and think about agritourism and the wine festivals that we plan. And our business is really focused on the intersection of food, wine, hospitality, travel. So those, those worlds are all very connected. Um, so right. I really appreciate my, my roots in a small farming community that have helped kind of shape the way I think about how those things intersect. Yes. I, I love that. I think that's just fabulous. So, so let's talk about a little bit about your time at Cal Poly, obviously, um, uh, you know, with with learn by doing, learn learn by doing permeates across across campus, and um, and so I assume that you were involved and had a really active um, undergraduate career. But um, I wonder if you could pull out a couple of moments, like um, uh, one maybe maybe one moment that that really stands out as like an enduring memory, and then maybe another one that that shaped your professional development. I think my time at Cal Poly, I, I loved it. I, I wasn't traditionally involved in a lot of clubs or um, traditional sort of professional development paths because I actually, I was a cheerleader, um, which was my extracurricular. I was so proud to be able to be on the Cal Poly cheerleading team. Back then it was a co-ed stunt team. So that was a really nice. fun experience. Um, and I was also really active in or semi-active in my sorority at the time. Um, but I worked two jobs um, all through college to put myself through school. So um, I didn't have a ton of free time. So 
but I, I say that because my jobs actually led to my first job out of college, my first real job. I mm-hmm. worked at one Frank's famous hot dogs. If anybody uh-huh. is listening and has not been to Frank's famous hot dogs, it's on California uh, Boulevard and it's an iconic shop, but I, I worked there and Did hustled. You really? I know this of these fun facts you'll you'll have a few of them here i'm sure yeah. um and then i i needed another job and i answered a job in a paper um to work for a financial planning firm to be an office assistant and so i worked for blakesley and blakesley they're a small uh, independent financial planner in town okay. um and that's really when i started to learn um, about the investment industry and they actually a lot of their clients um assets were put into two different uh, companies, uh, mutual funds, uh, Franklin Templeton Investments and American Funds, both are the companies that I ended up working for. So I actually got my foot in the door and had an opportunity to really be at the top of that candidate pool because of my work experience when I was here, you know, still studying. So right. I owe it all to answering, this is how old I am, you know, an ad in the paper. Okay. Now, <laughs> and really, now. Um, now stop for our younger listeners. Tell them what a paper is. <laughs> yes, a newspaper. <laughs> a classified ads. Um, I'm yeah. Just kidding. Our I'm goal just kidding. is. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember those days. I remember. I, I answered. Uh, I, 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 I. You got lucky. I answered one that said, uh, "Are you interested in sports?" Do you want to be your own boss? I answer one of those dumb ads. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, but it, it was. A little bit by chance, you know, that I ended up learning. I was a business marketing sort of focus. And then I had some really fantastic finance experience that prepared me, you know, to be able to apply and and kind of get into the investment world, which is the first part of my career. um, Right. Right. So. Well, yeah, let's get in. Let's get into that. So that was that was the first. uh, Pretty much your first ten years out of out of school, right? Um, and working as a as a meeting and event planner for American Funds, and and then as a senior meeting and event planner from Franklin Templeton Investments. And I, I think it's just a fabulous example, Amber, um, for folks uh, to realize how vast our industry is, right? You know, I mean, um, you know, I'll, I'll, most people, if you ask them, like, oh, does, would, would Franklin Templeton Investments have a meeting and event planner? I would say that most people would say, what? No, why would they have that? But no, yes, of course they do. Think right? about every, every major company, you know, has full yeah. team of event and experienced designers that are helping and plan, you know, events for both their employees and in-house events and their external audiences and their customers. So yeah, it was, um, my path was interesting. So I was business marketing, as I mentioned, and had some experience filing (laughs) papers in the back and learning about the investment industry through, you know, traditional great office work. But I, um, was hired in as a, a, in the sales and marketing team for American funds. So I didn't actually start right in events. And I tell my students this all the time that, you know, I knew I wanted to work for that company. It was a great company. Um, I didn't know exactly where I would end up, but I had no idea that I'd ever be an event planner, Brian, when I left Cal Poly, I was the marketing person. And I 
was hired in as a very sexy title called Sales and Marketing Project Administrator One. Oh. <laughs> it was about oh. the least sexy title you could think of. And I tell my <laughs> students that I said, don't worry about the name, the title. Don't worry, oh. maybe even about the team that you're on. Like find good company and good people that you want to work for do a good job. Anyways, so I got hired in and um, very soon after I I started, um, by a little bit of chance, I sat next to the meeting and events team and somebody went out on maternity leave. My boss saw me as a young, eager professional and asked if I could take on some more um, responsibilities and help that team. And I was like, sure, this sounds great. I'm going to have to like entertain and have nice dinners and get paid overtime to do it. Yes. Sign me up. Um, anyways, the rest is history. So, um, Stephanie's son is now 21. So that was 21 years ago. And, um, I all, I owe it all to a little bit of luck, but I I love the position. They loved me in it. When Steph, when she came back, they created a position and I have been an event planner ever since, but, um, so yeah, the first part of my career, I was focused. I was an in-house corporate event planner in the world of finance. And I you know, was able to really build an amazing career learning and honing in on my craft as I was um, an in-house planner. So Love I loved it. I love finance. I love that world. It's um, you know very near and dear to my heart. So right, right, um, right. I loved it. Well, let's, let's talk about, um, let's move on to the Franklin Templeton years. And, and, um, you know, you started there in San Mateo, if I'm not mistaken, and then, and then Washington, DC. And, and so I think that that helps to tell the story a little bit moving into your business, um, as well, because you're slow in, in Washington, D.C., right? So yeah. tell us about um, your time at Franklin Templeton, um, like maybe like the biggest takeaway, um, during your your time there, what it was like working yeah. in Washington D.C. I imagine in the finance world with with obviously politics and and that crossover. I imagine that was a pretty exciting time. Yeah, I so I, I left um, Los Angeles and American Funds. I I had a great position that was, you know, I was planning events all over the U.S. But I really took the opportunity at Franklin Templeton. I wanted to plan internationally. So that was the draw for me. Uh, there was a position that allowed me to expand on my skill set and really start traveling the world a little bit more globally. And so it was scary. I think a lot of people probably can relate to this, but I left LA and my friends and my sister, who I, you know, my roommate at the time, and um, moved to the Bay Area by myself. And it was was uh, scary, but it, you know it, it was amazing. And um, so Fr- Franklin Templeton is headquartered there in San Mateo. And quickly thereafter, um, life brought me to Washington D.C. Um, and they let me work uh, out of a remote office that we had there in D.C. Um, with amazing individuals. Um, the former Secretary of Treasury, he had a. a private equity firm that Franklin Templeton bought. So I was literally sitting there on Connecticut Avenue with the who's who of people that work for the World Bank and people that were, you know, just, it was amazing who was in that building. And I had was able to kind of keep my position. And this is back then when working remote wasn't a thing. Like now it's it's easy. But back then I, I look back on that pivotal move in my career and I'm so thankful for bosses and management that let me do that. Um, and being out of DC was a great 
great geographic location for me to springboard. I had a lot of programs in London and the Bahamas or Canada or um, overseas. And so being there out of DC, you can fly a lot easier. You think about California, it's great in some ways, but when you start flying abroad, uh, there's, you know, a few routes where it's better, but a lot of the time, you know, being out of DC was really great for that. So um, yeah, DC is, was phenomenal. I um, moved there, had a house there, loved it, got married and divorced there. (laughs) It was an awesome part of my life. And um, yeah, ultimately uh, started Carson Butler events and we're still headquartered in Washington, DC. Yeah. So let's talk about that process, right? So, you know, you, you touched on a little bit, uh, the, the, the early days of selling blackberries, uh, at, at, uh, at farmer's markets, right. Uh, that entrepreneurial spirit. And so, you know, after almost 10 years of, of working for other people, um, you know, when you're doing that in the events world, um, you are in a sense running your own companies, right? When you're putting on your own, when you're putting on an event, yes, sure. When you're working for someone else, you're putting it on for someone else, but you you still, it's, it, 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 I think it comes with this type of entrepreneurial type mentality. And so can you talk about like where, uh, where the seeds first started uh, uh, going in terms of, hey, maybe I can do this on my own. Maybe we can do this on our own. Uh, talk to us about that process, because I imagine for a lot of people, it's very, very scary in the beginning. And I'm, sh- I'm sure it was for you as well. So, so yeah, can, you, I mean, can you reflect on that? Definitely. My, this is my journey and everybody's journey is different. But for me, I loved that I learned my craft while somebody else was paying my bills. And I, my time was focused on becoming the best meeting and event planner that I could be. And I didn't have to worry about running a business. So much of my time right now is spent running the business and, and not getting to hone my craft. And so I'm really thankful for my young self. So when I started um, in events at American Funds, I knew I was a little behind the curve because I didn't come out of a great EIM program. Or um, And I ended up going to Cal State Long Beach. I got a certificate. I learned. I, I took every opportunity for classes, every trade journal I could read. I really put a lot of time when I was young. Um, but one of the classes that I took in that certificate program was sort of a geared towards an independent planner life. And um, we had great professors down there, but um, I thought, oh gosh, well, that's interesting. The life of being an independent planner, working on a variety of different types of of programs, um, that would be interesting. And then a few years later, I found this actually email that I wrote to my friend saying, oh, I'm studying to become a CMP, which is a, a designation in our industry. And I'm thinking, gosh, one day, you know, wouldn't it be cool if I was out on my own? And um, so I think that bug has just had been in me my whole career. Um, but really, when I left Franklin Templeton, I had a some really amazing signature events, but I did a program across India, which was four cities. I did dinner with the U.S. ambassador at his residence, um, three jets full of, you know, private jets full of VIPs from who's who of American business. Um, and it was one of the hardest and most challenging and rewarding events of my life still to this day. Wow. But that really gave me the confidence to say, you know, if I can plan 
in a destination like that at the time was, you know, still very much evolving. And that destination was, was definitely amazing in so many ways, but so challenging. I said, I can do this. And I had the confidence. And then I said, Franklin Templeton, I love you all, but I'm, I'm going to do this. And then they made it a little hard for me to leave for a little bit. And then I ultimately, you know, kind of left and I still have, you know, a lot of great relationships. There was a lot of crossover. I kept getting asked to do, um, you know, through these connections I was building all over, you know, asking to do social events and, and I'm like, Oh, you know, and so I needed to formalize that. And I did (laughs) then. Yeah. Well, Well, I think that's something important to speak to Amber is that, um, that period of of uh, letting someone else pay for you to become really good at what you do, and um, I, I think there's there's absolutely something to be said for that. But there's also something to be said for those contacts and those connections that you make that can help make it easier to develop a business. Is that is do you, do you think that absolutely? Okay? Yeah, I mean, yeah. at Carson Butler now, our focus um, you know has been on a on a luxury higher end experience. And so there's no way that you could just walk into, I'm going to start my own business and have the skill set or the connections to really walk into that. So for me, you're exactly right, Brian. It allowed me to really have, again, I think the confidence to, you know, charge what I was worth and to be able to build a business quickly. Um, Like I said, I, I think that that, that comes with time and experience. Um, so there's no right or wrong way, but um, building my business, it really helped for me to have a foundation before I, before I did that. Um, yeah. I will have to say too, you know, my twin sister, Emily, so she worked for Toyota and Lexus here in their U S headquarters okay. um, and was doing amazing things. She, she worked in kind of brand and had a hundred energizers around the country. And she was doing all these sorts of similar type event stuff, but she had background in accounting and then most recently in brand and marketing. And they were super supportive and they said, Hey, Emily, you're young. You don't have kids like go make magic with your sister. And if it doesn't work out, you can always come back. So we both left corporate America Uh and really felt like, you know, if it didn't work, we would, we would have connections to come back. And and Uh I still feel like, (laughs) you know, that's, what's so great about building those networks of people early on in your career is that, you know, you know, that you have hopefully people that'll support you, but that was, Emily came on board in 2010 and um, here we are. So. Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize you started out. So you started out solo and then, and then Emily came yeah. on. Um, started, yeah. Officially. Later. Yeah. On paper. Yeah. Started, started Carson Butler in 2008 and sort of overlapped it kept it as a little side thing and then Emily came on board and we just it just blew up and and took took off and I had this chip on my shoulder um you know having planned events around the globe and the weddings market was sort of a new piece for us and I was like anyways fast forward we became one of the top wedding planners in the country <laughs> that's yeah. amazing yeah. Um, and so we do a little bit of everything now so we do you know we have our corporate clients based on you know our years of experience there we've really excelled on the social scene so weddings parties birthdays you name it um mm-hmm. we do a lot right now in the wine space um so we have a couple of wine festivals we work on um, some auction events, um, some nonprofit work. So a little bit of everything in sin of travel. Um, so it's been, 
you know, accumulation of 21 years of being in events of now trying to just hone in on the clients that we want to work work with. And we're really lucky. Right. Well, now uh, that you can tell us about, um, tell, uh, why don't you share with us like your, your favorite event? Like, do you have a, do you have a favorite event that, that uh, I know that might be hard or, or maybe one of your favorites from the last. Yeah, well, I, um, well, I definitely, I mentioned, I mentioned um, the India program, which to me will be a signature event in my career. Just so proud of that, which was, um, like I said, four cities and uh, just amazing, but I, Gosh, Brian, that's a tough question. I I love Portugal. I've been really fortunate to plan, I think, three different events in Portugal. And so wow. I feel like sometimes an unofficial ambassador. There's a town called Sintra, just, just north of Lisbon. Uh-huh. Um, I love historic buildings. I love history. So yeah. for me, that has been one of my most favorite destinations to plan in. And I've done corporate group, you know, old world kitchens and Cataplania cooking classes is we've done social groups there um so yeah that's that's definitely been cool we did a short little stint in iceland i'd love to go back there that's on my list oh, so. I love it. Where, where's the where's the portugal connection come in do you is that just um a client who really wanted to do something in portugal or is that like um, a connection or what Yeah. So we both kind of as a corporate event planner and now as an independent planner, we help our clients figure out which destinations. So we'll have a a meeting host or a a client come to us and say, hey, I'm looking for somewhere tropical or, hey, I'm looking for something that's a good value. I have people that are coming in from X, Y, and Z countries. Where can we find? So a lot of what we do is help, help them decipher like what destinations would be a good fit. Um, so a perfect example of this, we had a big incentive program that we ended up placing in Costa Rica, but we would, we started out like tropical. So we're looking at everything from Hawaii, Mexico, um, the Caribbean and Costa Rica. And then we decide, you know, we narrow down factors and then help them and then, okay, great. Let's look at Costa Rica. What part of Costa Rica? Okay. Now we're going to narrow it down to nine hotels that we're looking at. We go kick the tires and then we ultimately, you know, negotiate the the deal and figure out the whole program from what hotel they're staying in. What are the flights that we're booking them on ground transportation? What are their dinner experiences look like? What's the entertainment? What's the floral centerpiece? You know, we, we, we do sort of all inclusive uh, experience design, which is to me really fun and creative part of the process. So, um, I love that usually every year of my career, I add a new destination to the list. So COVID kind of messed that up for me a little bit, Yeah. but I was on a really great streak of making sure that I found, you know, had something new every year, every a year. new destination to plan in. And that's really important for me for what my goals were. And when we, when we set off on this Carson Butler track, like we made sure that that was very clear and part of our brand messaging that we have a passport and we're ready to travel and we can be in the same location as our clients or our clients often are in a totally different state and we're all going and we're meeting at the airport and going somewhere different. Um, So for me, that was really important because I loved that about my role at Franklin Templeton, um, being able to plan globally and, and do that for, for them. So 
yeah, it's been fun to make sure that my business meets my own personal goals of travel. And now I'm kind of slowing down a little bit. So right, (laughs) right, right, right. So, so tell us what, um, what year did you, uh, did you plan your first wedding? And, um, I know you, you've told me that, that you, you just did what you think is going to be, I I mean, you said your last (laughs) wedding, but I don't know that you never, never say last. Right. But, uh, but, uh, (laughs) I know you're getting out of the wedding business, but, but when was your first one? Breaking news on the EIM. That's right. Here. Um, yeah. So we just finished, Brian, our last wedding on Nantucket last weekend, which was an amazing way to go out. It was a, a new destination for me because I hadn't planned on island before. Um, so that was incredible. But yeah, we've been, gosh, doing this since we started the company um, officially 2008. Um, and about 150 weddings over the last 15 years that we've helped with. And so um, as Emily and I look for kind of the future and what we want our lives and our business to look like, we kind of decided together that it was probably time to semi-retire out of the wedding space, which is kind of big and scary for us. And scary to say that out loud here on a recorded line. Um but really, we've had some fun opportunities present themselves. I think, Brian, I mentioned to you, I can't talk much about last year's experience at Formula One, but you know, fun projects with other planners who are doing awesome things um, and just things with the store. And so we're trying to figure out you know, what types of projects we're going to keep taking on and what clients we want to work with and need to make some more space. So yes, last wedding this past weekend, I just got back on Monday day and um yeah it was phenomenal good way to go out <laughs> love it love it so so obviously let, let let's quickly um go through the 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 covid the the pandemic um i, I think there's some you know I, I think we would be we would be um remiss to not to not mention it right i mean obviously a global pandemic um it's shutting down events for for a su- substantial period of time and i know for for me i, I was just I, I didn't even know what to say to you and and to to my friends in the events industry because I, I was just so worried i mean obviously i kept my job as a professor and i didn't really have a whole lot to worry about but when you're in an industry like this that's so impacted by something um, it's scary. And it was, it was, um, you know, it, it was, it was anxiety producing for me and I wasn't even impacted. Right. So, um, but, but one of the things that, that struck me is that every time I talk to you, you seem so upbeat and like, you're like, Hey, we're going to get through this. And, and almost everyone that I talked to in the, in the industry was the same way. And I don't know if it was just this, like, collective facade that everyone put up or, or what, but, um, but everyone just seemed to have such a positive attitude of, Hey, we're going to get through this. We're going to weather this storm. We're going to, you know, we're going to bounce back and we're going to be stronger. And um, it, it, it just yeah, I mean, was inspiring. Really, yeah. We really are, you know, an, an industry of creative individuals and um, it has been, I, I don't want to do that. It was, it has been in my 21 years of doing this, you know, the hardest a, you know, hurdle to get to get through. Um, a lot of people in the industry lost their jobs, and it was heartbreaking for people to, to friends and colleagues who had just as much experience, but maybe weren't their own boss, 
you know, lose their jobs. And to me, there was just this human sadness that we were dealing with like real time over yeah. and over and for, for a long stretch there. And then the work, like everyone else kind of got to bake bread and hang out and chill and our jobs got exponentially harder. So we have, you know, had to reschedule. You think about every single contract that one program goes into every single one of those programs, you know, move dates probably four times in those early days and yeah. you're renegotiating, checking availability, redoing. Um, and this is what really, I think, separated people who have, you know, good experience under their belts and had sound contracts. And I'm just, I'm so thankful for, you know, the foundation that really protected our business, which was just uh, people weren't as lucky. Um, so it's been, it's been a hustle, Brian, <laughs> since lockdown. I mean, I have been hustling. We just kind of finally finished the last of the reschedules and that's, I'm not alone in that. And the industry obviously had to let go of so much of the workforce. And it's been a struggle for every portion of the industry to rehire and retrain and get everybody back up to speed. So we're working in a situation right now where there's a ton of demand for events. The workforce is getting there. Everybody's just really collaborative though. I, it's, it's an amazing industry to be a part of. And, and we all jumped in and tried to, you know, how do we save the industry? How do we how do we help the state develop guidelines? How do we work with the county to figure out, hey, we can have safe reopenings if we do it in this you know, strategic way? So there was a lot. It's been a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just I, I'm I tired. Just, I can tell yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Well, uh, you know, we we talked about you being a cheerleader, um, but I, I, I'll just say that that I've um, I, I've been one of your biggest cheerleaders over the years, and just so impressed with. Um, with with everything that you've done and and everything that you've you've given to to our department to our students and so let's talk a little bit about those years you know uh you and I you and I first met when you were um when you you were first coming on to the advisory council and I remember sharing a probably too much wine there up at uh, up in Santa Cruz uh up in Santa Cruz and and uh when we were staying in the yurts and um and uh that was that was a lot of fun but um you know you've you've just been such an invaluable part to our to a part of our faculty um in leading our students through through um through strategic event planning and then also of course your contributions to the auction and dinner. And um, I wonder if you can just reflect on what that's been like, right? Um, you know, you, you talked about that lifelong learning element that you had to go through. And I was kind of in that boat too. You know, when I, when I got my first job, um, I was a psychology major. And when, when um, I, I sort of had a little bit of a, the same, a similar thing to what you, you said, it wasn't a maternity leave, but my boss got fought, was getting fired and he came in, he came into my office. Um, I didn't really have an office. I don't know why I said office. He came into my like little cubicle where I had a computer and he was like, they're firing me and I'm recommending that you be hired and I'll, they hire you. And I was like, what? I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing, you know? And, and but I had to quickly figure it out. Right. And, um, and so, you know, you talked about that mentality of learning and, um, and um, I, I wonder what it's been like for you 
um, to, to, to step into a role um, of teaching. And I would imagine it's, I would imagine it was really energizing and, and has been energizing, but it's also, Amber, I, I am always amazed because I'm like, I know what kind of a business you have and how much business you have. And to do that plus teach, that's, yeah, that's, it's, that's crazy you know, I get, to me. <laughs> I, get, I, mean, I get asked that question, you know, but for me, um, being in the classroom and being in front of students is, is, uh, it's my release. I, when I step into the classroom, no one can reach me. My cell phone's off, my email's off, and I'm truly blocking everything else out. And right. so for me, it's energizing. It's my little moment of like reprieve from maybe kind of a chaotic day. And oh, I get to it. focus on giving back. And that's to me, just everything. I had incredible mentors when I started um, and colleagues that were just so amazing to me. Um, and so I've always really tried to be an open book um, and have now some great young people that I've mentored through the years that are yeah. doing amazing things and have their own companies. And um, so for me, that's like a huge just life goal is to give back in that way. I, I don't have my own children right now. And so for me, I feel like this is like my legacy too, a little bit of giving back to uh-huh. a whole bunch of amazing students that some of them will follow a similar similar path maybe. But um, you know, so many of the students that come through our program, our degree is so broad. Um, and we also have a lot of wine and vit students that take my strategic event planning class. And I lecture a little bit with them as well. And yeah. like our students are prepared to go into so many different careers and avenues. And if I can help in some way, inspire them or give them what I like to call some sort of tool in their mental tool belt to be able to pull out. I'm like, you'll remember your professor, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, five years from now saying you're going to pull this out of your mental tool belt. And um, right. I, I remember you know, those things that my mentors told me that I, that I use every day. So right. yeah, well, it's been well, fun. I loved it. I never thought that I would teach, but here I am and I love it. So, well, so. well, I love it. And we're, we're so lucky and our students um, are so lucky to have someone like you who is out there on the front lines um, doing it every day. And then to be able to come and, and teach in the classroom is, is just so amazing. And I, I had a feeling you were going to answer that way that it was, that it's almost like cathartic and, um, and, and, um, and then that, that feeling of giving back, I, that is, um, that is just fabulous. Um, So let's talk a little bit about the auction dinner years. You know, you, um, uh, you know, we we've had a we've had such an amazing legacy over the years with um, with our fundraiser and raising funds for the department. You know, from the early days of of Dr. Carolyn Shank and and Dr. Hendricks putting on events, and then Kendi Root stepping in and being our our event planner for many years, and then Jen Prentice and Megan Hobbs, and and then and then you um, obviously over the last what has it been four or five I- years five years. Five years. So you made a, you made a five-year run where, um, and Amber, I'm sincere when I say this and I mean this, I, I, I admit this every single time. Like I, I feel like every time I have stepped into our, um, auction dinner fundraiser, 
each and every time I feel like we raise the bar and, and, and you and, and our students um, continue to raise the bar each and every year. And just, um, I can't thank you enough for that, but I wonder if you can reflect on what that experience has meant to you. You know, um, when we think about the learn by doing opportunities and, and we have lots of them associated with our major, but you know, it's perhaps one of the most, it's, it's one of the most preeminent ones that we have when our, when our students talk about looking back, um, a lot of them, Talk about that auction dinner fundraiser and what it meant to them and their career and propelling them. So I wonder if you can reflect on that a little bit. I do. I mean, I think it is. It's a wonderful learn by doing experience. I've been honored for the last five years to to be in that role and truly help mentor, you know, the student teams. And I think it's important they, you know, we get exposure to projects in the classroom and we have, you know, we, we have a ton of learn by doing experiences, but this one is sort of, it's a longer term project. Um, it's managing real dollars. It's working, you know, hand in hand with our industry partners to help, you know, elevate the event. Um, and we're doing it to give back to ourselves, to the department. So yeah. there's this pride in producing something that's for, for yourself. And so, um, yeah, the students that have that on their resume to me, you know, kind of stand out, I hope to employers and people that, um, and I, I think it's fun and the, that event can reinvent itself. And I'm, I'm really proud of what we've done over the last five years, the money we've raised. And, um, it was so powerful to be in that room and getting that, the, the scholarship for the endowment uh, funded for in honor of Dr. Hendricks, like that was a really cool moment, I think, for us to be in the room and have that kind of final push come through that night. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there's just amazing moments. And I love I, you know, take a picture with the students every year. And it's like those are those are my my people and my my little chicks, my little baby, my little babies. <laughs> and I see them grow and then I send them on their way. I feel You're like right. a mom. A mama hen, maybe I don't know, but um, yeah, they're also amazing, and and they're doing past auction and dinner students are doing amazing things in all facets of our industry. So it's been fun to, to keep in tabs, and um, yeah. it's an opportunity for me to build a kind of closer relationship with the students too, which I've really really appreciated. Yeah, I love it, and um, again, uh, you know, I, I've said a couple times, thank you, and and uh, I'll say it again, thank you from all of us for for the five years that, that you have put into the auction dinner. And it's just been amazing. And I, I love for, for those who don't know, um, Amber is, um, is, is, um, stepping aside this year and, and, um, and, uh, and letting the reins go to, to someone else for the auction dinner. And, um, I, I just love that, uh, that our, our last moment together with that, right. Was helping to, like you said, um, endow uh dr Hendricks uh the scholarship for dr Hendricks and um uh when i when i think about moments uh you know that that uh that most people know that i'm i've been the the auctioneer <laughs> for the last i've been the auctioneer. auctioneer yeah yes. i've been i've been the uh auctioneer a little learn by doing right uh i i learned how to do auctioneer and and uh and and did it for have done it for a couple of years and um this last year um, Amber jumped in and helped me, um, and uh, we were just in flow together. It was really awesome. It was so much fun. Uh, I, I was we were spotting and hollering and hooting, and it was fun. Yeah, yeah so it was. it was. Yeah, thank you. 
And if you, yeah, everyone make sure you make, make time to attend that annual event. It's really important for us to continue to support the department and come back and show your love and support for Cal Poly and this program. And so yeah. Um, I'll still, I'll still be there front row. You'll know that. There you so. go. There you go. Well, yeah, we're going to, we're going to try to, we're going to think about trying to, to re in, in to, to maybe reimagine it, like you said, and, and we'll see what happens in, in coming years, but let's talk a little bit about um, uh, the future and, and um, you know, you, you've, told you breaking news here you, you're getting out of the wedding industry but um and, and you've talked to us about this bounce back period of um after after the pandemic um what do you what do you see for the future of the events industry what do you see for the future of Carson Butler events and and um and and what advice would you give to uh young event planners out there oh that's a big question Those are yes three okay big so Sorry. Big questions. Yes, I love it, Brian. Um, so yeah, just to be clear, I'm not retiring completely. Yeah. I'm just letting yeah. go of one one portion of my uh, business model. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm exactly. still out there. I'll, <laughs> I, I wish I could retire at 43, but uh-huh. uh, no. Um, I think about so, that yes, too much think- at 49. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think, I mean, the future is, I mean, there's so much work out there right now. There's so much demand. There's so many opportunities, I think. So yeah, just for me personally, uh, just being more strategic with my time and really trying to enjoy, I've been hustling hard for 21 years and I want to enjoy a little bit of the fruits of that labor. And so trying to be strategic with my work-life balance, which is something everybody struggles with. You're not alone. Everybody listening. (laughs) It's Um, it's a constant struggle for all of us, um, uh, you know, in the, in this day and age, but Mm. that being said, there's so much opportunity. I think if you're young and new in this, in this entering the workforce, I mean, gosh, the sky's the limit. You have your choice, right? (laughs) Jobs, industries, employers. I mean, there is a, a need for people that are young and hungry. And I would say my advice is really, stand out. Do I, I have this saying, and a lot of my uh, former employees, um, they write down little quips and things I've told them over the years. But one of them is, you know, I think do something now that your future self will thank you for. Yeah. And I, there are so many, so many moments in my day, and this can be your long-term or even just short-term. Can you do something today that's going to make your life easier or better later? I'm so thankful that when I was in my 20s, I worked as hard as I did and I learned as a sponge as much as I could. And I invested in my career because it set my set me set me up for the life I live today, which would not have been possible if I hadn't have done that. Right. Um, but what can I do today that's gonna my future self will thank me for? It. Same just actually in my in professional work, like can you do something, you know, set up a template that you're going to use year over year over year and you know maybe spend a couple extra hours setting up some processes or templates or things for yourself now that is going to make your life easier down the road so i think that's just good advice in general um i think uh one of the i guess another parting wisdom <laughs> for young people um yeah i was really lucky at american funds to spend a good amount of time with coach john wooden legendary ucla coach i know brian you know i'm sure you know of well and he of was 
one of the most amazing individuals that I've ever had a chance to meet. And so um, for a few years there, I got to spend a lot of time with him. And, you know, he he has many books you should all read, but um, there's a, a saying that basically there's no shortcut to success. There's no substitution for hard work. Um, and um, his pyramid of success is incredible if anyone's interested in that. But I, I think that in this day and age, we want shortcuts. We want, everybody wants my job. They want maybe what I have now. And I want to t- tell you, you that that there is no shortcut to getting to getting there um it's it's do you have to put in the work and you need to just be the best you can be and be kind along the way i mean i have so many examples of people that worked under me that then are hiring me later on and so just yeah. be kind be nice <laughs> be humble yeah so yeah but do the work i guess <laughs> yeah such such great advice i mean you know i in my my role in in sport management you know we 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 went through a period of time right where where these um internet sensations right like the zuckerbergs and those those guys who were like starting companies you know in their 20s and were billionaires within like 10 years right and so we we had this period of time in in higher ed where we were dealing with students who were coming in expecting to be the GM right away. Right. And I I don't think we see that quite as much now. I mean, I think um, this next generation um, is, is, is more entrepreneurial and less entitled. Right. I mean, less in thinking like, Oh, I'm just going to jump right in and be the GM. But I think it's such a valuable lesson for you to, to, to put out there like, Hey, look, I didn't just snap my fingers overnight and Carson Butler events was doing high-end events. Uh, I was doing high-end events for 10 years and then I opened a high-end events business. And, um, and so that's, uh, that's really important. You put in the work, you put in the time and, and, um, that is, uh, you know, that, that's such, such valuable advice. Now we'll flip it a little bit. What, what advice would you give your junior self, if you were a junior, junior in college, if you could go back in time and say, all right, Amber, uh, here's some advice for you. What would you, what would you give yourself? Oh gosh. Um, wow. I've been asked that question before. Um, yeah, I mean, I would probably say, enjoy the ride, you know, trust, trust your heart and your instincts. Like it's going to be okay. It'll all work out. I think just no matter what it's going to work out. Like you might not see it at the time, or you might not get, I'll share the story. I mean, I I was interviewing, (laughs) this is like the first job at Cal Poly when I was interviewing, um, it was to sell like reams of copy paper around the Bay area. And I, I got as far along in the interview and I did the ride along, you know, to yeah. sell paper with like Dwight Schrute. You were riding along with Dwight Schrute. <laughs> yes, I mean, like you can't make this up. And I didn't get the job, and I was devastated, right? Because I'm like oh. an overachiever, and I'm like, I get what I want. I work hard. Right. Um, thank, thank goodness, I didn't get that job, right? I mean, <laughs> I. So you could have ended up on the office for real. (laughs) Absolutely. Real life, the office. Um, So, yeah. um, Even if you don't get what you think is going to be your dream job, um, it's going to be okay. Like there's plenty of work out there for people who are 
willing to work hard, that are humble and kind and nice people. So I think, uh, yeah, as a junior or senior, if you're trying to figure out what your next step is, um, don't stress too much. It'll all work out. (laughs) Keep keep plugging along and realize that if you keep plugging along and you keep making connections and you keep working hard and you keep learning and, and doing the right thing. And like you said, being kind to people and, um, and, and empathetic, uh, towards people. Um, I, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm a firm believer that it will work out. Um, if it, if it worked out for me, um, it will work out for anyone because <laughs> I was not, I, I tell our students, I'm like, uh, no matter, no matter how, um, no matter what, um, you definitely are more talented and more, uh, more motivated than I was when I was in your seat, because <laughs> I was not very motivated and did not, uh, do up the things that I needed to do, um, when I was your age. And, um, so I just want to thank you again so much, Amber, for, for your time today, for your service over the years. Um, I, I apologize if I made it seem like you're like going out, you're not going, you're not going, you're not going anywhere. Um, Amber is, Amber is still teaching classes for us and is still, um, going to be involved, um, in Cal Poly and, and with, um, and with Carson Butler events. Um, so sorry if I, uh, made it at all. Well, thank you thank, so much, Brian. Yeah. I, I avoided you. all the coughing that just coughed. I, I muted all my coughing except that one <laughs> cough. Sorry, folks. Um, thank you so much, Amber. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Brian.